you for listening to the Divine Nobodies Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobodies Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and inner standing. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. Jen, I want to start off this episode with a little session of a- ASMR. You know what oh, ASMR is, right? Oh, it, just yeah. open, keep your ears open and your heart open and just listen. Listen to the frequencies of ASMR. Do you got the tingles? Do you, do you, do you got the tingles yet? I hate that shit. I do you feel the hair, the hair on the back of your neck standing Ugh. up? Do you feel the tingles? <sighs> what do you think? Yikes. You never tried ASMR, Jen? No. Ooh, I hate it. There was a certain period of time where I actually went on YouTube. Oh, hey, hey, hey welcome everybody. This is Eric with the Divine Nobody's Podcast. Hey, there was a certain <laughs> period of time when I would go on YouTube and look up ASMR. It's actually pretty cool if you do it the right way. Okay. And ASMR is like a sensory thing, which we're going to be talking a little bit about this, but it's like where the whole goal is to sort of illuminate different uh, senses inside of your body to sort of generate the tingles. They call them the tingles. And they're supposed to make you feel like that feeling when somebody is gently kind of like rubbing their hands across the back of your neck. Most people Ooh, like that. No. I have know? the opposite effect. Yeah, really? It's like makes my skin crawl, not in a good way. Really? But well, you know what makes my skin crawl in a good way is that little octopus head thing. That, oh yeah, um, I know exactly. Sold what that at is. the kiosk in the mall, you know, and you'd yeah. walk by and they're like, "Hey, you want to try this octopus on your head?" Oh yeah, I'm like yeah. I actually have one of those somewhere. It's you cool. Do? Yeah, it reminds me of like when I was a kid and your parents used to do a whole thing like, "Hey, do you want to know what it feels like to have an egg cracked over your head?" And they do oh, that yeah. thing. You know, when you're like uh-huh. your uncle that comes over during Thanksgiving and he's like doing <laughs> the like the finger thing and he's like, "Look at, look at my finger." I don't even know if I can do it right. <laughs> goes like this yeah. you know it was my finger and they're just like oh my god that's this crazy witchcraft and then he also does the whole cracking the egg on the head and it does that oh, little yeah. that little oh, soft awesome. thing that cools off of the head like that there was mm-hmm. one actually cool ESMR that I um, listened to re- watched recently where this girl that just bites into a, a honeycomb that like a, a honey comb that's filled with honey so imagine what that's like it's just like oh. it's oh. juicy it's no. juicy, Jen. Yeah, no. that's disgusting. So speaking of extrasensory things, I actually heard about an app just recently that kind of sparked my fancy. The reason why I found out about it was because of this Vice article. And you're probably familiar with Vice. They have a lot of like really interesting articles about lots of different things. But there was this app that said you could basically pretty much have a psychedelic experience naturally and stimulate the DMT in your brain naturally through this app. And it's called Luminate. And I sent it over to Jen. You tried it out, right? I did. I tried it. I tried it last night and it was amazing. Amazing, right? I knew that you would like it, but I, it blew my mind because I'd only heard about things like this through the wellness community. And there was this device that you um, could experience if you knew the right person in like, I don't know, Venice Boardwalk or something. And it was called <laughs> the Ajna Light. And it was actually uh-huh. developed by this guy that used to work alongside of uh, Steve Jobs at Apple. Mm-hmm. And you could buy this device, but you'd have to have at least five or $6,000 in order to be able to, to have it. And basically what it does is you put on this device over your eyes and it just does this sort of like strobe effect over your eyes. And it's meant to 
activate and stimulate the natural DMT inside of your um, third eye. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. read off the, the site a little bit just so I have a good idea of what it is. But it says, simply put, sensory entrainment is when a sudden sensory input flashing light causes neurons in the brain to react and fire in response. When the flashing is repeated at a given frequency, the neurons adjust their natural rhythm to synchronize, to synchronize with that of the input. By softly influencing these rhythms, it is possible to safely guide the brain into a desired state of in, in such a way that once the flashing is removed, the brain almost instantly returns to its normal patterns, halting any effects. So what happened to me when I tried it is basically you're laying on your back, and I'd recommend anybody to actually download this because it's free, and you can actually get a sequence for free, and they'll guide you through the process. It's like five minutes. And if you mm-hmm. like it, you can get a subscription, what I did, which is what I did. It's like 5 $6 a month. And oh, I did it too. Yeah. And I did you, it one time and, that's all <laughs> and it got took. the subscription. I was like, this is awesome. That's all it took. I, I did it like three times within, you know, the first 30 minutes or so because I couldn't fucking yeah. believe what I was seeing. So you basically uses the light on your phone, the other side of this, on this guy, and you basically laying on your back and you, you have the light towards your face and you have headphones on. And they play some really good music, which to me is like kind of like it's very integral to have really good music while you're doing that. And it just strobes these lights into your face. And this is what happened to me. I'm just going to consolidate my experience. But I was a little skeptical at first, just like with anything. I started to feel this little tickle in my third eye right here. This little tickle. I had no idea what it was. And then the visions started almost instantaneously, like the visuals. And all of a sudden, I burst out into laughing. I started laughing like a little kid. And then the entire five minutes of this journey was just spiraling colors. I was flying through clouds. And I was going through these like vortexes of, of color and just vivid vortexes and, and imagery. And the crazy thing is it's just white light. So it's not pumping color into your face. Mm-hmm. It's just white light. So this is all coming from inside of my brain, like inside of my mind. Yeah, what was your experience like? It was almost identical to what you said. I actually, there's a journal feature in the app. So I'm going to pull it up and I'm just going to read like the my little journal entry. So I yeah. did it last night and I did it again this morning. Mm-hmm. So it says not to drink before you do it because it dampens the experience. Right. Um, and I did indeed have two swallows of wine before I did it the first oh, time. Oh, yeah. And it didn't make a difference. It did or but it didn't? Only, no, it didn't. Oh, okay. It, it, was, it was still just as intense, you know, with or without two swallows of wine. I think they're but, just trying to make sure people try it in the most pure way, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. There's yeah. going to be some kid but, out there that just smokes a huge bowl and, and does that, and he's just like, yeah, it works fine. <laughs> 100%. So this was my journal entry. I was surfing on colorful sheets and then twisted up in this bright light and traveled through the center of an Illuminati eye. So I saw like this big triangle with this Illuminati eye and I went right through the center of it. Really? It was super cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. The and then on eye. the other side was a giant heart uh-huh. and it was like this, this, I don't know, this beating heart of colors, but not like a, not like a organ heart, like a, the shape heart. Yeah. And, um, and so I went through that as well. And then the remainder of the experience was more like shapes and colors, like a kaleidoscope. Yeah. So, um, and that was just a five minute experience. Yeah. And it's almost like a crazy because it happens just like instantly, Mm -hmm. you know, at first the the visuals start right away. Yeah. It's from the reviews that I've seen. And I actually saw a couple of people online on YouTube that did it. It's like, at first there's some like reluctance. There's a little fear because 
you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on, but the said, you have to just sort of, just like you would with any sort of experience like that, you just have to let go, surrender to the experience. Some people can't just can't believe that their own mind produces. I think that's the, the one of the craziest things about it. Um, Dennis McKenna was actually on the Joe Rogan podcast a while back when he was at the older studio. He had tried the Ajna light, which is pretty much the same thing as what we're talking about. And he was became a huge advocate for this because, you know, Dennis McKenna's Terrence McKenna's brother. Mm-hmm. And he definitely think that there's some correlation between the pineal gland and its reactivity to these strobing lights. Yeah. And it, the, the, I guess the most startling thing about it is the fact that your brain could even produce an experience like that naturally. And you may not understand exactly what it means, but to me, when I look at and I go through an experience like that, you're seeing the building blocks of, uh, I guess, God and how he moves through like your body. It's almost like you're, you're pushing the limits of what your mind is able to perceive. And for a moment, you start to see all these different sort of almost like the matrix in real life. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, The first time I did it, um, uh, last night, I actually saw like a bunch of neurons and like the connectivity of the neurons Uh and then a bunch of bacteria and viruses, like what they look like whenever you look at them in a Petri dish. Oh yeah. Yeah. Under a microscope. So yeah. And that was super cool too. Um, but there is a, a studio in Orange County that has um, float tanks and they actually use the Ajna lights while you're in the float tank. Oh, yeah. So, and yeah. those like sensory deprivation tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't do it. I don't know if they're still open. This was like three or four years ago whenever they um, whenever they opened. But uh, I wish I would have tried it. I didn't try it. I think this is going to change the game, Jen, because there are a lot of people in the community that I talk to that are it's like, yeah, I would love to try it. But you know, there's only a few people that have it. People also want to own it, but it's just so expensive. So it's crazy when we have technology like this that comes out where it's like, now it's at, now, now anybody can access it. I'm actually excited to go to my family's house and give it to my sister and give it to my mom because up until the point that I give that to them, you know, the magic that they see is on like the Disney, Disney movies and Marvel movies and things like that. Of course they, their, their version of magic and, and, and stuff like that is, is specific to to them but i feel like when you can give somebody an experience like this naturally it could open them up to lots of amazing new discoveries you know what i mean yeah i can't imagine what like my my sister or my mom or my brother would see from something like that you know i was the nurse in me was wondering um if there's any like long-term damage that it does to your eyes Mm, maybe Did you I think that in the app. It, well, um, the only thing it mentions in the app is if you have uh, some form of like undiagnosed epilepsy. Yeah, but that's like which what makes every, sense because it's a flashing light, so that would initiate a seizure. That and yeah. um, migraines as well. But yeah. yeah, so I read the the medical disclaimer, and that's all that I saw. But mm-hmm. I was just curious because I don't because the the light I looked at the light I turned it on after my session was over. Yeah. Um, to see how bright it was because they mm-hmm. were saying in the app that it's really not that bright. Yeah. But it seems pretty bright. I mean. Yeah, it is pretty it bright. Was- I can see how you can get something like a migraine if you do it too much, but just like anything, just anything in moderation, you know. And it's not even the same sequence of lights that it does. You'll notice that if you do it, oh, like if you do it, yeah. they, they sort of flicker in and out and sometimes they'll stop. And that's such an integral part of the experiences that you see in your eyes when you're going through this process. So anybody that's listening, definitely download it. It's Luminate. It's free to download. At first, you'll get some uh, a fellow, a nice English fellow that will kind of show you through the process of how it works. And then you just keep doing it. I actually was so happy. I was in such a good mood after I did it. And it was like, I want to say one o'clock AM on like a Saturday. 
I was giggling the entire time. And when I finished and I walked over to my kitchen, I was just in such a great mood. So I'm going to work it into my everyday practice. Your meditation practice. Yeah, at the end of the night. And I feel like it can it can help because it's also I feel like illuminating and massaging parts of your brain and also exercising your pineal gland, which it's like a muscle. It's like a muscle. I feel like if you do that long enough, you could probably you know broaden your range when it comes to things like sleeping too. You know what I mean? You know, I was going to ask you this since you had uh, a little tickle in your pineal gland. I felt heat, so um, Mm -hmm. I mean these are LED lights, so they don't put off heat, but. I actually felt heat uh, in in between my eyes. Did you have any kind of like sensation of temperature? I did, I didn't feel that. Uh, I could have. Maybe I wasn't being more more mindful of that. But the one thing that I do remember is like lit- literally just felt like something was was tickling the middle side of my 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 skull, which I can only really say that that's probably the pineal gland and the third eye being activated. You know. Yeah. How was your Easter? Did you have a good Easter? It happened last Sunday, Jen. Did you look for Easter yeah. eggs? You know, I, we didn't really do anything. Um, we went and bought some plants and I did some potting of the plants and that kind of thing. That's something and though. That's, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Finding some plants. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah. Did you know that Jesus was, sur- I just found this out. I mean, I didn't find it out. I, I it put it into perspective for me again, because I, uh, I came across it through something that I saw on the internet and they were like, Oh, well, you know, when Jesus was 33 years old and it died and I started thinking to myself like, wow, imagine you at 33, you know, I'm oh, 36 years old. Right. And we already have a hard time, especially older people that are older than us. Maybe our family have a hard time listening to any fucking 33 year old. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. and he's in Jesus for the most part is, is probably one of the most integral parts of people's lives in terms of their Christian faith. But imagine where he was at, a side of his spirituality, which was definitely more evolved, but he, I imagine, carried some form of 33-year-oldness with him when he was moving oh, about sure. the planet doing his teachings, <laughs> you know? So it makes you I'm think. I'm sure. I'm sure. So it makes you think, like, if, if people are, are so willing to, to follow this really beautiful sage at 33, then maybe people, I guess, in, in, in the hierarchy, if people that are older than us, like our parents, should maybe you know, cut us 30, 30 year olds, a little slack. Maybe we may actually know a little, a thing or two about a thing or two. Maybe, maybe. Maybe get more 33 year olds in in Congress or something. Mm, Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Up there in the government, up there in the governments. Oh man. Did you see, um, which made, made me think of this. Did you see Passion of the Christ? I did. I saw it a long time ago and it was so super depressing, Jen. It was super intense, yeah, super really intense. intense. I watched it at home mm-hmm. and there, I had to take breaks. I was like, I can't even, why I, I got to take a break. You watched it at home? Yeah, I watched it at home. Oh, wow. Yeah, when that thing came out, there was a lot of controversy around it because of uh, what happened with Mel Gibson and stuff like that. But I remember going into the movie theater uh, to see it, you know, and it was an, wow. an, an entire ordeal. It meant something different to these people. Like you go in and obviously it's going to attract a lot of Christians. And I myself, I now don't consider myself a Christian, but I believe and uh, I have a lot of respect for the Christian faith and also the teachings in the Bible. So I wanted to check it out for myself. And I will say it is, it is very intense, very beautiful um, movie in the sense that it's very real. You know, when you see some yeah. of these like movies from the past, they kind of sugarcoat things. It's like, no, Jesus oh, went yeah. through some crazy, crazy shit. And I think 
you know, they laid it out very clearly what he went through and that suffering and that pain were real, you know, when you experience it. And I remember during the, the passion of the Christ, like the part where he was, um, um, being like tortured, like everybody, literally everybody in the audience was like in tears and you can hear like mothers and grandmothers like moaning and crying. And then um, towards the end where he actually resurrected, like the entire audience in the movie theater stood up and gave like a standing ovation. It was almost like somebody cheering for their favorite like Dodgers game or something like that. You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> it was a whole ordeal yeah. and you can feel the energy and you can feel the love. And I think that was the most important thing about that experience. It's crazy how sometimes religion can bring us all together. You know what I mean? Like regardless of what it is or how it is that you believe it in a, in a situation like that. And you're in a movie theater with all these people that hopefully at the basis of what they believe is love, um, all joining together to, you know, celebrate to, to mourn and also to celebrate the resurrection of like a a Christian figure, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, that was such an intense movie. Even if you, don't believe in Jesus or the story of Jesus. I mean, just the movie quality and just like you said, how real it was, the sound, the everything, I mean, was Mm -hmm. just so intense and so believable. I mean, they really did an amazing job. And that's an old movie. That movie was what, like 10 years old? It's crazy. Cause you see it now. It's like, it still looks like a new movie, you know? But yeah, I mean, definitely very, very powerful thing. For sure, um, for sure. So we had a conversation yesterday, Jen, and I know that there are some things that kind of came up and wanted to ask you because we had our last podcast to go, actually a couple podcasts to go, we were talking about our pet. My, you know, we were talking about Binks and how she was going through those health issues, but um, somehow during the time of that happening and now you had run into some issues with your, your little one. I know my poor Sanchi bear. Yeah. He's, uh, he's old, you know, he's 17. He's, had a good run, but he's uh, he's at the end of end of his days. It's yeah. really it's really sad. I mean, Sancho was my first love, like my mm-hmm. my best friend. I yeah. left home really young, so I moved out when I was sixteen and never went back. Mm-hmm. So I've been on my own since then. And being on your own that young, um, it's a very lonely life, you know. So I was. At that time in my life, I was just so lonely and really looking to fill that void of love that my parents should have provided, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and it really, I was so young, like 16, like that's not even something that a partner should provide at that time in your life, you know? So, um, so yeah, so I got a dog. I got a dog whenever I turned 21 um, to kind of help curb the loneliness and also to have something to be like responsible for, you know? So um, he taught me a lot. I mean, uh, the last 17 years with him, we grew up together, you know, like I, he raised me. He watched me, he watched me grow up. He watched me through so many phases of my life, through nursing school, through, you know, crazy hours working in the hospital, through butthead boyfriends. I mean, there's just been... At multiple houses. I mean, we move states together. Yeah. This kid, he's he's seen everything, you know. You guys are going so, through a lot together. How old is Sanch now? Seventeen. Seventeen. So, what would that make him in human yeah. years? In in dog years? Yeah, like in human years. I think it's like I don't what know. Is that, times, like time seven. I think it's time seven. I'm not really sure. I think it is time seven. So you said seventeen. 
Yeah, 17. So I'm 17, gonna get my calculator 17 out. I'm not times enough. 7. So that's 100. I mean, I may be wrong, but I was 119 <laughs> years old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a really well-rounded age though, right? So he's definitely had like a long life. Well, for sure. He's like Yoda, you know? Yeah. He just looks at you with those. He has like black, black eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. But he can, he can see right through you. So he's sort of in his final days is what it sounds he's, like. Yeah, he stopped walking. Um, so he stopped walking and um, he just shakes and pants all the time. He's in pain because he has um, a tumor on his spine. Mm-hmm. So it's given him uh, right-sided weakness. So he, it's kind of like he had a stroke. Yeah. So he can't sit up on his own because um, he doesn't have like really much function of his, of his front right paw or his back leg. Mm-hmm. So he can't sit up on his own. He can't walk on his own. He can't really do anything. So um, we pick him up to take him outside to potty and that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, it's just really sad. It's really sad seeing, you know, this little animal that you love so much. And when I think of him, I still think of him as a puppy. Like, I don't think of him as this old decrepit man that can't even get out of bed on his own. You know? Yeah. You just assume they're always going to be there because they have been, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Like so many, so many different partners come and go and they've seen you also like grow as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Funny story. This happened last night. (laughs) So I'm upstairs in, in the studio and I was, uh, you know, messing around in my office and, uh, I could hear Jeremy screaming and I couldn't quite make out what he was saying, but he was, he was definitely yelling. Mm-hmm. And um, I run downstairs and he's laughing and puking in the kitchen sink. Oh like, my goodness. <laughs> gagging full vomiting in the kitchen sink. Wow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and it smells terrible. Oh, I mean, no. it smelled like a dead body in there. Oh, and no, he's laughing and he's like, I picked Sancho up and he shit all over me. (laughs) And it was like explosive diarrhea, wall to wall, all over the floor, all over Jeremy, all over the carpet, our table, and then a trail like outside to the backyard to the Wow, that's like (laughs) a statement. That's a statement piece right there. Oh man, he got us. He got us good. So uh, yeah, Jeremy was saying, he was like, oh man, you know, whenever I'm old, I'm totally going to do that. I'm totally going to shit all over someone before I die. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the, the way to give the, the finger to life. You know what I mean? But you know, it, oh, it was it, hilarious. it's a difficult thing to kind of like sit with. I mean, I, I obviously went through that with Binks, but at the end of the day, I mean, you learn so much from your pets. I think the the most beautiful thing about a relationship with an animal is that they become the perfect mirrors of you because they don't have any prejudices and biases in the same way that we do. It's like if you have a relationship with another human being, yes, you can have very pure relationships with really good people. But between you and that human, there are always always some you know perceptual things that get you in the way of connecting with them. Uh, different habits, different beliefs, different levels of conditioning that we have. But the one thing about an animal is that you don't have that. So the only Mm -hmm. thing that happens when you take care of an animal is that they reflect back to you basically all of the love, they potentiate all the love that you give to them back to you. So I think that's the most beautiful thing about uh, maybe your relationship with Sancho is that not even that he taught you love, but that he helped illuminate that side of you that you have. You know, yeah, he certainly did. He certainly did, and it, it's just so bizarre because I can't imagine my life without him in it. You know, but yeah. I, you know, just from our episode a couple 
couple weeks ago. Um, it, that's what animals do, right? So mm -hmm. they come into your life and it's a contract that you make with them before, <laughs> before they incur, before you incarnate together, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, his time, his time here is done. He's seen me through all my phases and he stuck by me because I needed him the entire time because mm -hmm. I was a hot mess. Yeah. I was a hot mess, drunk little hussy. Hot mess express. You know? <laughs> that's the thing for, though is that you're going to be able to carry and you know it's an easier said than done thing for sure but i think that the the most beautiful thing that you can take from that is just the fact that you had it in yourself to fully love and care for something else and i think the best way probably to to live on in his honor is to maybe recognize that you have that love inside and that you exercise that for yourself and for other people you know Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Just because of the way I, ra I was raised, I wasn't, um, and I'm Aquarius too. So we're not super emotional people anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so he definitely taught me how to love and filled that void as a woman of what it would be like to, um, take care of something like a child, yeah. even though I've never had a desire to have children, um, taking care of him was really a privilege and like a, a blessing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And, you know, we have like, we talked about this before in podcasts in the past, you know, about, you know, like you say, soul contracts, but like twin flames and soulmates. And a lot of people think that twin flames and soulmates could be somebody like a, you know, an interpersonal relationship or even like a non-platonic sort of connection with other people. But we reincarnate into this life with a tribe of people. At least this is my perspective, just from my experiences. We have a little tribe of people that we come into this life and make agreements with each one, each individually, one of these people, you know, like we've mm -hmm. had readings before where the, the, the psychic or the medium said that me and you obviously had a past and we probably um, existed somewhere in the cosmos as brother and sister and as friends. And it's very likely that the people that are in your life right now, whether or not you're in a relationship, whether or not they're family, have taken on some sort of role in a past life in order to help you accelerate your spiritual growth in some way. And I do definitely believe that there's a possibility that Binks could have been my, my wife in a past life. You never know. She has oh, like yeah. a, she has like a little walk and a little stroll that I, I kind of recognize. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? She's trying to show off. <laughs> Sometimes I'm doing <laughs> my thing. She puts a and little and twist and in her hips because you're watching. Yeah. She does a little, she has a little pep in her step while she's walking to the kitchen. I'm like, wait, 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 why, why does that seem familiar to me? I'm just like, no. Yeah. I mean, it's why a possibility. With me? This is weird. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like the, the attention to how they love you. That feels, it feels familiar, you know, like when yeah. you're with somebody and you, that, that, that sense of like grace and, and, and comfort that you feel around them just feels very familiar to you. And so it I does, feel like, yeah. you know, maybe Sancho was, it could have been a brother. It could have actually been a child in your past life. And maybe you guys I made mean, an possibly. agreement in this life to be like, Hey, I'm going to shit all over your, your, your trousers. And uh, there's something in there to be learned. Oh my gosh. You know? That is not definitely not the first time he shit all over everything. <laughs> this is probably one of the most memorable stories. So, you know, whenever I got him, I was young and I never paid a pet deposit because that's what you do when you're young. You don't, when you move into an apartment, they're like, do you have any pets? Nope. Yeah. You say nope. <laughs> and I, that's what I yeah, still do, by no, the way. No, that's an extra $500. Like, exactly. no, I don't have any pets. And they know so, that you're um, lying too. They know. Oh, they know. Yeah, yeah. they know. Mm -hmm. And they always catch you in the end, right? They right. end up keeping your deposit or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, long and short of the story, I was working a 12 hour shift and Sancho got Giardia. 
Have you ever, do you know about GRDA or have you What is that? that? I've never heard of that. It's, it's gnarly. So um, they get it from other dogs and usually from sniffing the grass and they'll inhale it. Um, and it is gnarly. It causes explosive diarrhea um, and usually it has blood in it. And it's and you get this, very, very you get this from sniffing grass. Um, yeah, yeah, and they can inhale it. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> yeah, from from other that. dogs. Like it's it's passed from other dogs. Yeah, um, and humans can get it too um, from food. So, mm. um, but well, food, water, um, typically. But it's yeah. it's nasty. It's some nasty shit. Anyway, so I'm working a 12 hour shift at um, at the hospital and. Uh, my neighbor calls me mm-hmm. and says, your dog won't stop barking. And um, I'm like, oh shit, I'm at the hospital. What am I going to do? My door's locked. Like they can't get in. Yeah. And I was like, okay. You know, I was like, well, there's nothing I can do. I'm just going to have to, you know, finish this shift out and, and go home when I go home. Yeah. So I got home at 7 PM and he was still barking, uh, yeah. still barking. Yeah. And um, I walked in the house and it was, kind of like the scene last night, just, just diarrhea wall to wall. <laughs> and he was covered in diarrhea. It looked like mud, like he had rolled around in the mud Yeah, <laughs> and Still. everything. I mean, everything in my apartment was ruined. I had to have like everything cleaned. I had to get rid of my couch. I had to get rid of my rug. I mean, oh, there's a lesson in there, Jen. there's a lesson in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. The lesson was like, bitch, don't leave me at home for 12 hours by myself. <laughs> that was the lesson. Yeah. So, um, and back then, you know, 15 years ago, the people didn't have dog walkers. That wasn't a thing, yeah. you know? Dog walkers is like a pretty new profession, yeah. you know? So um, I lived in this apartment complex and, you know, I lived by myself. And yeah. it was just me and Sancho for so long. I mean, yeah. I didn't have anybody to go and take him out, so... Um, I learned my lesson and then I just left the back patio door cracked and put some fake grass out there. And you know what I think it is? I think it's the back then we didn't have the apps that we do now. Cause I think that the people that you do hire to walk your dog have like background checks. They they're basically employees to these businesses and anything were to happen to your dog, you know where to find these people. Mm -hmm. It's like back then you didn't have that. It was like, you had to know somebody and nobody trusted their dogs, which is random people. You know, yeah. now you can have like a new, I know like uh, friends that were dog, like professional or part-time dog walkers that just like walked other people's dogs. They, they do that a lot in San Francisco. Cause that's something that my brother does a lot. Somebody will just come at like eight o'clock AM, just take your dog and like take it for a walk and bring it back. Yeah. Same thing with we like dog and pet dog motels. Yeah. Or Annika, if, if anybody needs a dog walker in Orange <laughs> County, I had this, uh, she's amazing. I had this, um, yeah. this sort of like epiphany a while ago, um, when I was camping a long time ago. So, you know, when you go into these like shaman, you go and you see a shaman or you go and you, you, you hold space with uh, an event like that. They talk a lot about Pachamama. That's their basically mm-hmm. interpretation of Mother Gaia, which is earth. You know, it is like the, this collective force that moves beneath our feet. And we're not exempt from that. We are actually a part of the earth because everything that we consist of is minerals and vitamins, all the things that we consume are things that come from the earth and our carbon-based bodies basically reflect the fact that like we are basically made of the earth. And I had this, this vision that all the animals in the world that we see, like if we go to like a zoo or if we go in nature and we see bears or even our, our, um, our own personal animals are all one collective force 
which is Pashamama, which is Gaia. So this this vision that I had or this feeling that I had that, you know, if you look at into the eyes of an animal, they have a very specific look. We can, we can basically consider them as wild, right? There's this like wild energy yeah. to them. Oh, for and sure. I remember looking into the eyes of like a cat and a dog throughout my life and seeing the same force and same energy moving through these animals. So there's this part of me that thinks maybe they're this, this large neural network of one force moving through all these different animals in the same way that we are the force of God moving about each other. Though the force of God is something that exists outside of this planet, but because the animals that are here are specific to the earth, seems like I feel like maybe they're all one force. So if Sancho happens to pass on, and you end up getting another dog, and he helps f- helps you find another dog because that's what we talked about, right? The, yeah. They're, they're intuitively, yeah, they help you find another dog. He will help you find another dog. That'll be him too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it'll definitely be him because he'll be helping me choose, right? Yeah. But I don't think I don't think we're gonna get another dog. I mean, we have two other dogs. It's, we definitely don't need another animal. That's and true. And Zeppelin, the cat, who. Yeah. Uh, you know, just got out of the hospital today, actually. So, but what it means is like, is you have to, you have, you have two other dogs ready. That energy and that force will merge back in with the collective force of that animal. So you'll see Sanch in Biggie. You'll see Sanch in these other animals. He's going to yeah. be in there. And the reason why is because love is like a universal force at the very, very core. Like that feeling that you get when you think of Sancho inside of your heart, like that love that like just un, un, unwavering love that's not sancho that's that's the force of god moving through this animal so if you look at any one of your pets or if you see love in anybody that's that's him there's a quote by rumi that um really was really really powerful for me and i've gone through it um used it in my life when i was going through really difficult times and it says goodbyes are for those that love with their eyes but for those that love with their hearts there's no separation oh that's really nice i've never heard that quote yeah, and that means oh, that if one. if me and you, or you and anybody, you and Jeremy, were in the same room, and you closed your eyes, how could you differentiate between him and you? You're the same energy. So the only thing yeah. that gives us this perception that we're separate is the fact that we have these carbon bodies separating us from merging in with source. So yeah. if you close your eyes, you think of Sanch, that that feeling of love that you get from him in your heart is the exact same feeling as him being there. Because he's not going anywhere. He's like, he's merged in with that universal love that you have inside. So he, he never goes. He's always with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he's going to come through in some of my mediumship readings. That'd be cool. That's what I think. After be- he passes? Right, right. That's what I think with like beings too. And I've thought about this. It's like, okay, they, they take on a certain position here. And you obviously don't want them to pass on. But once they do, you have somebody on your team in the other realms, you know? Oh, for sure. And I'm hoping that like, you know, she sends me messages or she at least communicates with my guides and it's like, hey, you know, like help this, help a brother out. Or she she, she yeah. watches me and makes and, and, and guides me through my life and makes sure that I'm doing the right thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. Does yeah, that, hopefully, hopefully she's like, hey, tell him not to date that bitch. She's crazy. <laughs> tell him not to date. Exactly. It's like that. And and, yeah. and it's true because like your dogs and your animals set set the standard for what it is that you know that you deserve, because they're always they're always cold they're always nurturing this love that you have like you 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 when you're around an animal that makes you feel good 
chances are that also contributes to like a healthy self-esteem, a healthy sense of self. So when you go looking for a partner, you're going to make sure that you find somebody that gives you that same type of feeling. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's all like collectively um, works together, you know? Yeah, I went down the rabbit hole today in, uh, on YouTube looking at videos of when is the right time to, you know, put your, put your animal down. And oh. in my mind, there's no right time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not. I want him to live forever. Right. Um, but at the same time, I don't want him to suffer. And I don't want him to be in excruciating pain and, you know, just suffering the entire time. That's, I don't, I'm all about quality of life, right? And if euthanasia was legal for humans and if I had some kind of terminal illness and was in extreme amounts of pain, I would want someone to compassionately put me down too. So um, when I think about it like that, I'm like, well, you know, but when is the right time? I don't know. I just don't know when the right time is. So I reached out to Heather McCall. Um, oh. She's my, uh, the home healer that I've talked about a million times on the podcast. Right, right. And um, we had her, we actually, for those who are listening, we actually had her on and um, it was during Mercury retrograde. It was one of our first and episodes And we lost all too. of her audio. Um, so we we lost that entire amazing episode, but she's just a cool lady. So if we can ever get her back on, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but I called her to see if um, she could remote in and communicate with Sancho and kind of see what he um, what he wanted. You know, I want to know what he thinks and how he feels and if he feels like he's ready and um, what he wants me to do. What did she say? It's just it's too hard of a of a decision. I just can't. I I don't feel right making the decision for him. Well, I had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday because Jen, we were talking about it yesterday and it's kind of been on my heart and I feel I, I can understand what you're going through. And I talked to somebody about it yesterday and it's like, okay, well, and this is a worthy conversation to have. And as a Libra, I want to kind of keep a balanced perspective, which is one is, is it selfish? Is it not? Is it compassion for the animal or is it not? But what, it, what would be the alternative? If you, if any animal that were in nature that got sick, what would happen? Natural selection, right? Natural selection would take place. They would mm -hmm. become so weak and vulnerable that another animal would find them and they'd probably go out yeah. in a pretty brutal way. Now we're not in that yeah. situation, right? Um, so there's also the possibility that they pass away while you happen to be out at the store or something and they end up being alone. You know, yeah. it's a hard uh, question to answer and I don't really know the answer to it, but and it's hard for me to, to say because I also have a pet and I'd go through the same thing too. And I think it just comes down to, you obviously don't want them to suffer. And if you know that they're noticeably suffering, you know. Yeah. And that's the hard part, right? You know, he can't play with his brothers. He can't walk. He can't sit up. He can't do any of the things that he enjoys. Yeah. He doesn't bark anymore. Like before he would you know, uh, try to protect the house and, you yeah. know, was the man of the house, you know, and was barking at everything. He was like the leader um, chasing all that orbs around the house. Yeah. 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 He was um, chasing those ghosts just, around your house. Yeah. No, no ghost to chase. Like he just, it's really sad. It's just really sad to see him in this condition. Yeah. It's just like when you see a loved one, um, uh, a loved one that's a human that's getting old, you know, and you see them start to slow down and right. their eyesight isn't as good, their memory's not as good, mm -hmm. um, all of those things. And it's just like, oh man, it's heartbreaking. What did Heather McCall say? Um, I haven't got a return call back from her yet, but mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to schedule some time with her. Well, I think that, yeah, I would wait and see what she has to say because if she taps into that, yeah. 
you know, mm-hmm. because that's something that's definitely coming up. And I mean, you know, if your animal's suffering or not, yeah. you know. And that's kind of what the video YouTube videos were saying today is, you know, like it, you know your pet better than anyone. And um, it's not the vet's job to tell you like, hey, it's time to put this animal down. Um, that's a decision for you to make, you know, and it's a personal decision and it's not an easy one. Yeah. The crazy um, thing is I did the exact same thing today too. What started off as, you know, whether or not you euthanasia is humane or not ended up segueing into people have, shooting videos of the last moments with their pets and their animals. And oh, I lost, God. I lost my shit, Jen, like during regular work hours, it was insane. I was like crying. I, I felt all the feelings that I would feel had it happened to my cat. And most magical thing actually happened is when I started getting really emotional about it, suddenly my cat came from the other room and walked up to me and she knew. It's like she knew that I was going through something and she knew that I was hurt. And she just came up to me and just started meowing, just very attentive like. And like she knew it was almost Aww. to say like, what are you doing looking at these videos? You punk ass. Yeah. Why are you watching this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I already conquered death. Now I'm the, yeah. I'm the, the Jesus of cats. I can't die because I've already been <laughs> reincarnated. Easter happened on Sunday. I'm fucking here now. You know what That's I'm saying? Right. And that I, I felt that vibe. It's like somehow your cats know. And I've run into that situation before where it's like, you're thinking about animals or you're thinking about your cat and somehow your, your animal just shows up and they're like, what's up? Oh yeah. What's going on? Oh I, yes. You know, there, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I was, you know, sad about a relationship ending or something that was going on in my life, something that happened at work. And, um, Sancho would come up and just be extra snuggly and extra loving. I mean, they just know whenever, whenever your spirits are down or whenever yeah. you're upset and yeah. that's what they're there for to come, you know, give you, give you love and comfort you. And he was just the, He's the best. Yeah. He's the absolute best. You know what we should do? I feel compelled. If if uh, you're into it, I can pull a couple cards for old Sanch. Yeah. From the that. Sacred Rebels deck. It's the first time we're actually Feeling doing compelled. this on the podcast. And um, yeah. give us a little shuffle. And what we'll do is we'll just use this as an opportunity to see if we can get some insight as to maybe how Jen can go about, you know, knowing what to do with the situation, you know? And if any of you have been through this and have any guidance, I would greatly appreciate it because I just really don't know what to do. So this is the card that I pulled. It is seeing the true you. See, Jen? Seeing the true you. And it's got this really beautiful woman that looks almost like Tori Amos on it. Oh, she does. You guys, if you guys um, remember Tori Amos, she was oh, one yeah. of like the most prolific musicians of like the 90s and um, played phenomenal keyboard, but it looks exactly like her. Yeah. And so it's this, in the, the title, it says, Seeing the True You. And she's sitting on, a, a, this be like a beautiful green couch um, on a lake and there happens to be lotus blossoms. So I'm just going to sort of interpret this the way that I can, even just based off of what it says here, Seeing the True You. And I'm going to kind of revert this back to what we were talking about is that, you know, Sanj has obviously been in your life for a long time, but your relationship with Sanj was able, allowed you to illuminate that sort of side of yourself that was able to love and care for another, another being. 
You yeah. know what I mean? It's like you said in the last podcast, like animals have already mastered unconditional love. It's like the human yeah. beings are the ones that, you know, need to master that in this life. She made the, he made the, the compassionate sort of choice to reincarnate into this life. And of course, be in your life to teach you something, but also leave in the way that he is in this exact moment in order to teach you things. Because, I mean, aside of Sanj passing away, there's a lot of other things that have been going on in your life, I imagine, right now. And a lot of change going on. This yeah. happens to be another one of those things, you know, another chapter ending and another life, probably a completely different yeah. life starting. So this is seeing the true you. It's like, yes, Sancho will leave, but what you'll learn from his passing, you'll be able to probably keep with you. And I think you'll maybe discover aspects of yourself that I imagine you already know, but it will become a little bit more pronounced, you know, because now you're going to have to go through the process of cultivating that and sustaining that within you. And not just Assange, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And uh, believe me, nobody sees the real me like he has seen the real me. I mean, he's seen the happy me, the sad me, the ugly me, mm -hmm. the good me, uh, the all of the different phases. And oh man, yeah. And yeah. I see this. I see this card. So she's looking down into the water. And the water represents emotion. Like in a terra water represents emotion. It also represents movement. And you're looking down at the water, and of course, you see the reflection of your face in the water. And I would think Sanch is probably the water because Sanch is a sort of organic part of nature. And you look down, and you're actually able to see yourself. But I do also see that you are grieving there. If you see your eyes, that's sort yeah. of you thinking in contemplation about him, you know? Aww. It's sort of like, so it's almost like there's this process of letting go, obviously. And there will be some moments in the future after that whole thing happens where you're going to be probably in some really, really deep reflection. And, you know, the grieving process is a real thing. You're just going to have to go through that process of acceptance. And hey, you may even dye your head red. Huh? You know, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> you dye your head red. I've been, I've been going through the rainbow of hair colors here lately, so if my yeah. hair doesn't fall out before then. Yeah, and I don't know, for whatever reason, there's actually random artists put a a picture of uh, a little looks, looks to be like a coffee cup at the very corner. I don't know what that's well, about. Maybe coffee is my favorite drink. Start ODing on some coffee. So that was definitely meant for me. Yeah. <laughs> what does the book say? Oh. Does it have like a quick like blurb about what the author? Oh, Jen, I just do the I, the I do book. the intuitive flow, Jen. I don't keep the books with me. <laughs> no, I was just curious. I I, I actually I, have that deck, so I'm going to look it up later. But yeah. Yeah, that's the one yeah. that I pulled. That's the one that I pulled. But let's see if I can pull another one just for a generic reading for anybody that happens to be listening right now. I'm just going to do a live reading for other for everybody that's listening. I mean, maybe okay. Jen, I'll show you the card and you can kind of just see what kind of comes up for you. This is a generic reading for anybody that happens to be listening. If you happen to be tapped in right now, think of an intention. Think of a question, something that you might want to ask, something that's on your plate right now. We are in the age of Aquarius, so this is the age of just spontaneous unlikely occurrences happening that you didn't think were actually going to happen. So if you happen to be in a relationship, if you happen to not be in a relationship, if you happen to just have, have a question. Well, you know, we're approaching summertime and that is the time when most people break up is at the beginning of summer. Really? You know I didn't know that. Wait, how, yeah. how, how, how does that be? Um, because of the holidays. So people typically stay together through the holidays, even if it's the relationship is like kind of starting to dwindle. Mm -hmm. um, just to attend holiday parties, family stuff, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And um, nobody wants to be alone during the holidays or yeah. go through like a breakup. 
So um, typically the beginning of summer is when people break up um, because then you're starting to, you know, the sun's out and you're starting to, your spirit's a little bit more elevated and you want to go out and have fun and do things and be outdoors and, um, and meet new people. I imagine that dynamic's a little (laughs) different now because we still technically are in COVID season. I mean, yes, yes. Yeah, the dynamics are different. Um, and we've talked about that a, a bunch about exes coming back during COVID. And also seasonal um, feelings and emotions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just, yeah. just because cre- ex is always coming back, just all these different seasons. Anyway, so this is the card that I pulled. It says, beyond the mind, the heart beats. This is interesting. Ooh, that's a beautiful card. Yeah, beyond the mind, the heart beats. I just put it over here. So this is a woman that's obviously in like a a, a DNA helix down there. Yeah, it is. It's there's a there's a DNA helix. There's a woman that's obviously in meditation. She has uh, her Ajna sort of activated. Is also the galaxy. So the interesting thing about she's obviously very still. It says beyond the mind, the heart beats, and this is rings really really true with a lot of the teachings that I follow in Advaita Vedanta, which is when we quiet ourselves. There's a quote that I really enjoy. It says. And don't speak unless your words are more beautiful than silence mm-hmm. and be so in, and be so inwardly quiet that even thought is too loud. So there's this like reservoir of information that comes into being when we find a space to quiet our minds. And a lot of people, when they think of wisdom, they think of acquiring more information, which it, it, that is true to a certain degree, but the sacred sort of vibration that everybody's trying to get access to doesn't come as a result of learning something it comes as a result of shutting the fuck up and letting your mind quiet down so that you can actually come into contact with the beingness inside of you you know and it makes me think of like a human right when we think of human being we say it so often that we don't even realize exactly what we're saying we're thinking of a human being so what is a human being is a human just being right being at peace not a human being, not a human becoming, right? So human being is always at rest. It's always in the sort of peace and grace of its own silence and peace. And I think that's where a lot of the, the wisdom comes from. The whole becoming is more of us always trying to be somewhere other than where we actually are. And that's where the static comes into the mind, where we're always trying to change our current situation because we're not happy with it when really what we need to do is just quiet down and organically just sort of flow with our own natural intuition. So this says beyond the mind, the heart beats. If you guys are going through any sort of issue or any sort of challenge right now, it may feel almost natural to want to find a solution to it. And there's definitely a solution out there, but try this first, which is just being sitting alone with yourself, maybe for five or 10 minutes, download the Illuminate app and just be quiet. (laughs) Don't try and meditate. Don't try and end quiet the thoughts that you have just sit there and quiet for a certain period of time and just be with yourself and i feel like there's a lot of wisdom in that you know yeah. just being beyond and the mind I, the do, I do a sitting in the power meditation every day for um to help build mediumship and uh there's one that i listen to and it's my uh my teacher he has his own you know like sitting in the power meditation and he he says don't worry about what you have to do, what you were doing before or what you need to do after. If you have a thought, just treat it like a cloud passing in the sky. Yeah. So every time I hear that, I'm like, oh yeah. And then I visualize my thoughts like as clouds just drifting in the sky and kind of moving on. Yeah. So 
I don't know. There's some things, you know, how little things just will resonate with you and you're like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And Sri Ramana Maharshi puts it almost in, in kind of that way too, which is think of yourself as sitting in a movie theater, right? Mm -hmm. And think of everything that you see on the screen, on this movie, are your thoughts, are, right. is your ego, everything that you formulated. And it's so real because we exist so closely with it, right? So when we're sitting in the theater and we're watching the movie, we do this even in movies now. We're like, there's a certain point where you forget that you're even sitting in a chair watching a movie and you're so absorbed <laughs> by the character and the character yeah. you happen to love. You're absolutely yeah. in love with the character. You know, you want to see it succeed. Or hate them. Or you hate them, exactly. Yeah. And your emotions are like so tethered to that. And that is how strong the pull of ego is, is that we work so closely with it. We work so closely with the character that we have in our minds of who we are that we forget the fact that it is just a character and who we really are is that sort of undeniable sort of unmovable force underneath which is kind of what you're talking about which is the force that sees the thoughts mm -hmm. you know it's like that force that sees those thoughts like clouds passing along the sky there was a quote that i remember hearing from muji where he says that enlightenment is like a bird flying through the sky it leaves no trace to follow but its presence can't be denied right and it's basically saying that like the presence of the bird when you see a bird is very real it's very tangible and you have to, in order to experience it you have to be able to be present to see it right yeah. but it leaves no trace to follow which means that like it goes in whatever direction it happens to go it's spontaneous and i think his whole reasoning and mentioning that is that awakening and enlightenment is really about just being present you know absolutely it's being absolutely. present in the it's moment it's so hard that's hard i really struggle with that i'm i'm such a forward thinker and always like thinking about the future and planning and you know that's like the type a part of me mm -hmm. um that sometimes i have to remind myself to just be present it's almost like when when somebody teaches each one of us how to do something the first time there is like a process of learning it needs to absorb into your brain for example you tie your shoes you do it so many times that you don't even really need to think about it when you do it, right? Or when you go to your boyfriend's house and you go to his house a couple times, after a certain period of time, you don't have to think about which street you need to turn down or what exit you need to come off of. There's some sort of trust and intuition that happens between your spirit and your body where you trust in yourself to do what it needs to do. There's no doubt there. So I think what presence and, 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 and being aware and awake means is that in every given moment, regardless of where you are, there is an appropriate action and a reaction in that moment. And that is usually the right one. The issue is that we sit and we deliberate for hours, maybe even days about what it is that we should do about any given thing. And that is what clouds the mind. That is what, that is what takes us away from being fully present. So when you're in the midst of a, a decision that you need to make, chances are you already know the answer. You know what I mean? So I think it's just about trusting yourself in the same way that you trust yourself to get up and go to the restroom if you need to go. Trust yourself to go and feed yourself because those are processes that you don't even think about. Those are things that like you already know how to do. You don't yeah. have to sit and like beat yourself up for days and days and days about how to do it. You already know how to do it. You, and I think that's the best way to approach just living through life is that you have to trust that you know the love inside of you knows which way to go without having to think too much about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 That was that was beautiful. 
I like when you go on your little on your little rants up. <laughs> About being present. I mean, because Alan Watts brings up a lot about like morality. Well, you know, don't we need to be taught good and bad? It's like, no, we, we, we don't necessarily, because that, that sort of signifies a distrust that you have for life and the distrust that you have for God, right? That's like assuming that human know. beings are. I a naughty ass kid, and I would, I would disagree that you definitely need to be taught right from wrong. Well, yes. But there's a, there's a, to a certain extent, you know what I mean? Like there are conditions within your environment that can illuminate a loving uh, side of you to come out. Your environment's very, like, for example, if you were like in nature amongst a very beautiful sort of environment, if there's like nice flowing water and like the, there's beautiful flowers and there's just wonderful things to spark your sort of like smelling fragrances in the air, it feels nice. It feels nice. I'm a firm believer that if you are in an environment that isn't conducive to peace, you're going to end up sort of exemplifying that in your behavior and probably become a crazy ass little kid. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's true, but I don't know. I was raised by wolves in a trailer park, so I don't know. And I well, did that okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I was raised by wolves too. It's funny because I I had gone through this process when I was really young of living with other people's families. And I remember one time I was sharing my, my kind of life story with, with somebody and they said, you know what, you were kind of raised by wolves. And I was like, it just stuck with me because wolves have always been my spirit animal. Yeah. Because they're very independent, too. but they sort of, mm -hmm. they run in like a pack, but there's just some sort of like fierce grace that I feel from, from wolves, you know? Yeah. But that's and an the, entirely the different conversation. Pack. Yeah. And like wolves, you know, the pack communicates with each other telepathically yeah. and at any distance, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's some cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Jen? Godspeed to you and your journey. Oh, Keep me updated on that thing. I yeah, hope everything yeah, ends up working out. We'll pray for Shanch. Anybody that's listening, light a candle for Shanch, preferably a white one. You want to send some healing vibes out there in the air if you happen to have a Reiki certification doesn't matter if it's only one one and two and master doesn't matter just send out all the vibes via Reiki draw some kanji symbols on your hands and do some distant Reiki for poor old, for good old Sanch aww yeah. such a good boy yeah so I'll, I'll send all the vibes to Sanch and then we'll follow up next week and see how we're doing aww thanks thank you guys thank you for, all your, for your love and support yeah Thank you guys all for tuning in to I Nobody's Podcast. You can be found uh, on Instagram, where we post a lot of our clips. You can also find us on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review. It really helps us out. If you want to see actually the video portions of our podcasts, where me and Jen just stare at each other for like an hour and talk, go ahead and check it out. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff on there. We'd love to hear from you. Anyways, we'll talk to you again soon, friends. Namaste. Namaste, friends.